It is our 80s mom herself. We've got Madonna with, with uh, Who's That Girl Playing Here on The Fuse, 984, and Maura, Nadia Favorite, and our brand new co-host, Senator Gloria Orwoba. Welcome to the show. You are officially our favorite Gemini, and that's saying a lot because my grandma's a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> You're way up there for us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I want to walk you through exactly what happened and why you're such a pioneer to so many women across the world as well. I've been reading some of the comments and it's fantastic. So <coughs> last week, Tuesday, during the preliminary um, session, Senator Tabitha actually Mutinda actually asked for Senator Gloria to be removed from Parliament uh, due to the fact that it made her uncomfortable and found it inappropriate that she had stained clothes. Yeah. Now, the stain was something that so many women have experienced or even fear to experience in their lifetime. I want to explain to you exactly what Senator Gloria was wearing. She was in a white suit. Basically, all she needed was a tie and it was exactly up to par with, the, with this whole parliament, um, with the whole parliament outfit, right? Okay. However, she had a stain, a red stain uh, that had happened just before the parliament was getting to session. And she said she actually was being chastised by many of the women as well in parliament. Uh-huh. To me, this is shocking because I really did think that females would be a part of you know, being an ally. But it was they turned on her so fast. And I wanted to know from you, Senator, why is this so important to you? I think, uh, first of all, just to clear the air, I totally respect uh, my fellow senators, um, including Senator Mutinda. I do understand that we all have different backgrounds in terms of how we've been brought up and in terms of our beliefs. And uh, for sure, the African culture and society has um, had a, a way of dealing with the issue of menstruation. And so I don't think um, it is an issue of women going against women. I think it's more like um, at that particular moment, um, you know, you stand for what you believe in and uh, uh, Senator Mutinda was rightfully so because that's how she believes that um, they should deal with menstruation. However, I, on the other hand, do not believe that it should be a secret or something mm-hmm. to be shamed about. And um, in based on, on, on experiences that I have had in the past and based on the experiences that girls have had in the past, I think, and that is particularly why I thought it's time that we actually, you know, um, find a way to talk about this in a way that it's not um it's it's to remove the stigma out of the menstruation uh, the whole uh periods thing so i i i think um we need to have a lot of unlearning it's an issue of mm-hmm. unlearning because you know sometimes just based on on our background and where you've been raised there are things that you pick up that you think are completely normal or you believe are you know absolutely as they should be and it takes a lot of unlearning for us to sort of get to where we need to be with this whole uh, period poverty issue. What yeah. do you think uh, uh, is the reason for the outrage? I know it's a lot of uh, African families, a lot of black <coughs> and brown families have that kind of mentality. What exactly do you think it is for us as Kenyans that make people shy away from situations like these? You know, I think the outrage is more like this. The whole menstruation thing is something that people in general do not want to think about and even acknowledge that it happens. And um, the outrage was more on why would you show that? Yeah. Why would you show us your periods? Yeah. You know? And um, it, the whole setup that we have in, in, in some of our societies is that when you're on your period, you shouldn't even be seen. And yes. you had that the speaker actually pointed out religious beliefs as well that are attached to that kind of thinking because, you know, the Quran, like he said, um, which is true, you're not allowed to touch the Quran when you're mm-hmm. on your period. It's a religious thing. I'm not so sure about the Christianity, but, um, you know, there was also the, the understanding that when you're on your period, you know, you shouldn't even go to church. You shouldn't touch yeah. the Bible. 
And the thing about that and the, the beliefs uh, and the culture that we have is that what it does, it, it further um, pushes that we don't actually intentionally deal with the issue of period poverty. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Absolutely. You know, there are men who actually, I found out through this experience that there are men who um respectable men in the society yeah. who I have had conversations with and they were like, huh, you mean it's not like every 14th day of the month or every, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they actually honestly and genuinely, it was not an issue yeah. of being negative. They were like, huh, okay, we need to be sensitive about that. Some men were also like, ah, but even the blood is normally not that much. So there's no way you bled see, that much. So there are so many things that are coming out where you, it's not, it, for, forget even now for a second about the period poverty. Mm. Just the issues around menstruation are completely misunderstood because the questions that I was getting from, from my friends, my peers, people within my, my, my networks, men and women yeah. actually got me thinking, my goodness, people really don't know much about menstruation. Absolutely true. We got a bunch of questions here for you. And if you want to talk to Senator Gloria, all you got to do is give us a shout on 0701-984-984. You can tweet us the Fuse 94. My big takeaway at this very moment is Google is your friend. It's uh, AHA with Under the Makeup playing here on the Fuse 984. And more, Nadia Favor, got uh, Senator Gloria or Woba here with us. I was just teaching them about the Bollywood movie Padman. If you haven't watched that, it's an absolute ride. It's one of those where it's three hours long. By the time you exit, you're like, wait, I have a real life? <laughs> you know, you're so wrapped up in it. Uh, Senator, I wanted to ask you, what can we do as individuals uh, to change this very dire situation? I think, first of all, is the acknowledgement that um, there are people who do not want to even talk about their period stories. Mm-hmm. And so we, we have to be respectful towards that. But then for us to have that change is um, in order for anyone to plug in and say, hey, I want to change this whole idea of uh, period shaming and the stigma around periods mm-hmm. and even the period poverty. Um, I think those stories, the dire stories have to come out so that we can go to those regions so that we can, you know, uh, in terms of even just sensitization to the young girls on, on, on how to handle themselves during menstruation. You know, one of the big things that are, that came out during that day was everybody was saying, you know, you're so dirty. You know, mm. how, how how would you well, a whole senator so dirty you can't even, you yeah. know, uh, be able to manage your periods. And that's the shame because when you have an accident, doesn't mean you're dirty. Yeah, it, it just yeah. means it's an you accident. Had, you had an accident. That's one thing, and that's why girls are so afraid of of even going to school during their periods. Yeah, because you know it's like if if an accident, there are people who put on a tampon and pads. Yeah, and still get stains. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, um, just sensitization around what it means to have your period, especially to the boy child. Mm-hmm. So for now, like when we are going uh, around. Um, to distribute the pads and everything. Um, I'm actually having a conversation with the girls, but, you know, my son has been so interested and involved in the whole uh, <laughs> thing I love since, that. It, since it blew up. And I'm actually trying to find a way to bring the boy child in because I've seen the interest that he has. And he's, like, um, been doing a lot of research, asking questions here and there. And he's like, mommy, when, you know, when we are going, can, is it okay if I can talk? Just ask them if it's, you know, ask for permission. Yeah. So when we have our talks and everything and we're done, I'm like, hey, if you can allow me, there's somebody who'd like to talk to you guys and, you know, congratulate you all for having done a good job so mm-hmm. far. And they're like, yes. And then the shock of having a 15-year-old boy <laughs> saying, you know, we stand with you. This is something we need to deal with. What else can we do? It actually starts to normalize the whole conversation 
conversation in Absolutely. terms of the shaming because the shaming is um when we have our communities starting from the boy child being told that you know you it's okay to laugh at somebody at a girl when they stay in their their their, their uniform or their mm-hmm. outfit mm-hmm. so we need to start from there because you know this whole empowerment and and um now that we're calling it feminism uh-huh. uh it has to be it has to be we it has to be from a society point of view yeah you know you have to have the he for she you know sakaja governor sakaja came out and spoke positively about how we need to do something about period poverty and that's the he for she having the the man having the boy child actually come into the conversation and figure out how to normalize it absolutely absolutely i think another great way to affect change of course is through policy so in just a bit we're going to be getting to the conversation on menstrual hygiene management policy but don't forget do send in all your questions on the fuse 984 facebook instagram and twitter or 0701984984 it's a Fuse 984, myself, Anwar, and Nadia Favri. I want to give you some stats and facts to understand how huge period poverty is an issue in Kenya. 65% of females in Kenya are unable to afford sanitary pads. One million schoolgirls uh, miss an average of four school days per month Oof. because they're unable to access any menstrual cycle and feminine hygiene products. Mm-hmm. This is a clear problem, but you know, there is a solution to this problem as well. When it comes to policy, 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 uh, there is a menstrual hygiene management policy. I wanted to know a little bit more about so maybe senator you can tell us a little bit more about that so currently we actually have an amendment that was put in the education act that uh, introduced the program on a provision of uh, free sanitary towels um the issue is it's a sort of standalone paragraph and it doesn't really go into the detail and i feel as though um this is such a big issue that it requires its own standalone act and that's what mm-hmm. i'm trying to legislate so in the current provision uh the ministry of education has actually been mandated to sort of deal with provision of free sanitary towels because of budget restrictions so in the program started in 2011 um and unfortunately in 2011 we started at i think 420 million provision for that particular program and then unfortunately, the 12th parliament, since 2017, uh, slashed that budget into half. So it went down to 260, um, about 260 million. And uh, so, of course, technically, that means that even if they were able to cover a certain number of schools, then, it, you know, it, instead of growing that number so that we can reach to a point where all the schools were getting free sanitary towels, it actually was a setback in terms of now um, cutting down the number of schools that were getting their pads. Now, um, the current budget up to June 2023 is about 410 million, which is something that... Mm, I'm trying to push in terms of now from a political goodwill perspective because that actually as it stands now it has to have the political goodwill um, I spoke to Waziri Aisha Juma. She's very much on top of things in terms of uh, period poverty. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, several engagements on the same and how to further enhance the program so that it's not taken advantage of and so that we can be able to see the impact. And uh, she has assured me that uh, the budget allocation for 2023-2024, uh, there's one billion that has been set aside just okay. to be able to grow that program. And um, so one of the things that I also want to do because you know, when you're talking about period poverty, the issue is the poverty. If people could afford uh, sanitary towels and menstrual hygiene products, then we would not have a thing such as period poverty. Yeah. So we're trying to address that angle in itself from even the procurement of the sanitary towels within this program. So we're trying to, personally, I'm trying to push for the local manufacturers to be prioritized in the sense that when you have the local manufacturers getting a bigger scoop of that um, procurement of the free uh, sanitary towels provision, then you are employing more people 
and mm. the domino effect is when you're employing more people they, they, then of course you're dealing with the issue of poverty and you know it's a sort of end-to-end -end solution yeah but not only that in terms of taxes um so when you import uh, the finished product of the sanitary towels, it is actually tax-free. And that's a big step as, as a country we took, um, actually the first in Africa. Mm -hmm. And uh, But what we didn't really think of is um, what about the local manufacturers? They're importing the raw products of uh, being able to, you know, uh, manufacture the sanitary towels. But those products are being taxed heavily. So then you, you are in a situation where the local manufacturers cannot compete with the importers of the finished product. And that needs to be harnessed so that we can be able to create jobs, spur up more industries, uh, uh, more uh, companies to, to set up in, in order to produce locally. And then uh, the, an, another issue that we are looking at, because I've been uh, involved in this distribution of sanitary towels for about 10 years now. Wow. And one, one key factor when you go to the grassroots, like the real grassroots where we, we're talking about they don't even have toilets, yeah? Mm -hmm. And um, it's so remote that um, when you are distributing the pads, you actually have the issue now of how to dispose. Yeah, that. And then the dispose, so you're solving one problem and creating an environment mm -hmm. problem. So that's how we started having conversations on around um, now the, the um, biodegradable sanitary towels. Unfortunately, the biodegradable sanitary towels are very expensive. But in areas, I, I would like, and in, in an ideal world, I would like that when I'm going to distribute or when the ministry is going to distribute or anyone is going to distribute in areas where there's an issue of dispose, uh, disposing the pads, that we would think about biodegradable. And of course, that is would be the ideal. Yeah. But um, the, the, the price as compared to the normal uh, sanitary towels is higher so maybe again those are conversations that at least this is a starting point so for now i would say the priority is school going children and uh prisons the, mm -hmm. because in prisons there is there's a, it's a serious issue to the extent that you have them sharing parts like can you imagine the that rate I, of infection the rate of infection because it's like if i'm on my last day like i'm on my last day now today yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i would not fill up my pad so then i would take out my pad and hand wow. it over to someone who's on their first day so you can imagine when it yeah. gets to that point um at that point we are not thinking of disposable or not disposable we're thinking of just the access to the pads mm. so that we can you know deal with the the fast extreme issues and i think um with the conversations that I've been having with uh, uh, our mini our cabinet secretary for for gender Aisha mm -hmm. Jumwa, um, it's going well. It's positive. Um, the the push is actually in the right direction. With the legislative agenda that I have before Parliament, I think um, if I manage to get that <laughs> somehow passed into law, because I have a motion that's coming up this week, we are going to debate about it, and the motion will. Um, highly influence the final draft of the bill that um, I'm working on in terms of amazing. Yeah, so I think this are uh, it's for me. It's exciting times to live in because it's times that li like this that actually remind me of the power that I have being a legislator. Yeah, just to change that conversation because honestly, I've had accidents before with my period, and we all have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we all and nobody, no, nobody actually. You know, did a newspaper article about <laughs> Gloria Roba having yeah. a period accident. So, um, just understanding that also uh, on on the space that I am in, there's there's so much that we can do to be positive change makers. I think it's it's an exciting time to live in, and and I think the conversation has to keep going so that we can literally force uh, 
every other player to to come in and and um, help us deal with the period poverty. I think you've done exactly what you need to do to keep the conversation going. And remember, no well-behaved woman makes history. So we are really <laughs> here for the energy that you're serving. And my last question for you, and we love a hypothetical here on the fuse, <laughs> is uh, in a world where men menstruated as well, what do you think our surroundings <laughs> would look like if men were to have periods? Yes. yes, we would have a stadium dedicated. <laughs> For competitions on who bleeds the most, absolutely. <laughs> on whose periods are thicker than the others, absolutely. <laughs> it would be celebrated. It would be an exciting thing. You know that's the difference. And that you would we get have. time off for PMS. You would, you would get time off would for you everything. Get time off. You would actually be paid. It's true. For that you know, I've seen that Spain has actually come out and given a yeah. three-day, um, three-day uh, leave mm-hmm. for periods, which is like. Wow, they are on another level. Us, we are still trying to figure out just I the know. access to the pads. And then w- when we figure that out, you give us a, a few years, then we can get to a place where we can talk about that. But I think in, a, in hypothetically, in a world where men had periods, it would be celebrated. They would, um, it would be normalized. Yeah, it would be like going to the supermarket to buy tissue paper. Exactly. Nobody will feel like, oh my God, why are you being sent for tissue? Yeah, <laughs> we know the uses of that. And I think the budget allocations would be as Grand. big oh, yeah. as Woo! the budget allocations for any other. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I can't even picture it at this point. It sounds ideal. That's our utopia. That is why <laughs> I'm trying to get the men on board because yeah. I know when we have the men on board, we we can move mountains. And I know this sounds. It's like a paradox in itself. That yeah. If we have the men on board is when we can move. Yes. I mean, literally, that's that's yeah. what it is because the um, that's how our community is shaped. And I think if we manage to get the boys, like anyone who's going out to have those uh, conversations with the teenagers going through mm-hmm. puberty and menstruation, I would push them. Get the boys on board. Definitely. Get the boys on board. And on, on, on a level of uh, dealing with period poverty and menstruation, get the men on board. By the way, our president is very, very positive about uh, dealing with the period poverty. There we go. To the extent that he understood that, um, you know, the, he gave a directive that uh, um, the current provision from the Ministry of Education is good because we should synergize, but matters uh, gender and mat- matters menstruation should be dealt with with gender experts. And he actually has given the directive to move that to the Ministry of Gender. So he's very, he's, he's, he's like... Three times Sakaja. Yeah. <laughs> about this. <laughs> yeah. So and I thank you, Governor Sakaja, for for supporting it. And we need we need more men we to We need come more aboard. men yeah. to yeah. be allies for us. Thank <laughs> you so much, Senator, for coming here and for tolerating our silliness with our <laughs> hypothetical questions. We really appreciate you and we see what you're doing and this is a space where you can come and share with us because we all want to hear what the progress will be. Thank um, you so much for having me. I definitely want to keep the conversation going as well. If you still have some questions, 0701-984-984 and the Fuse 984, send them our way. We'll send them her way as well.